welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. with Turn the Page podcast. I am here today with an author who wrote like one of the most unique books I have ever read. Um, and um, it's called The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. Yes. It's so good. Um, so please, uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, what, um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us about the book and um, where this whole story oh. came from, because it's lovely. Well, thank you. That's so nice. So um, I'm Megan Bannon, and I am a former children's librarian turned full-time writer. I know, librarian, Wait, high five. For, former children's librarian here, too. High five. Oh, <laughs> Through Zoom. Zoom <laughs> high five. No one can see this because we're not actually using the video, but I can see Megan doing it. We did, in fact, air five. Um, <laughs> so um, I always kind of thought I would write novels but I think I thought that in the same way I think things like someday I will get in shape and someday I will eat kale all the time and like things that you may have the best of intentions of doing but you don't actually get around to doing them and then finally in my late 30s it occurred to me that I was never going to write a book unless I sat down and wrote a book and so <laughs> uh, that's how I started writing um Taking of Heart and Mercy is my third book, but it is my first book for adults. Uh, my first two books are young adult novels. Um, as far as what this book is about, it is really hard to pitch this book in a way that makes it sound even remotely normal. It's I love that it's not normal. That is one of like my favorite things about this book is just how unique it is. It is, but it also makes it hard to describe it to people. And uh, I mean, basically, I, I wanted to write a rom-com in a fantasy setting, but I've also always wanted to write a fantasy setting that wasn't, that didn't feel European, um, but at the same time was from kind of a background that that I can write about more authoritatively. So I, I really wanted to write kind of a more American feeling fantasy setting and uh, particularly kind of a Midwest, Old West sort of fantasy setting. And so I, I shoved all of that into one book. And it's the story of Art Ralston, who is a marshal in this part of the world where um, there's a problem with the undead. And so he has to protect people from the undead. And the problem is when he vanquishes one of these uh, reanimated bodies, he now has a body he has to do something with. And so he takes it to an undertaker. And that means he has to run into Mercy Birdsall of Birdsall and Son Undertakers on a regular basis. Um, and these two have never gotten along. They've always butted heads. They just can't stand each other. Um, but they're both also secretly very lonely people. And Hart one day just pours his heart out, no pun intended, uh, into a letter addressed simply to a friend. And he places it in a mailbox and he does not expect to get an answer because it's addressed to no one. But it turns out that the mail service in this world is magical. And that letter magically gets delivered by a talking owl to Mercy. And um, 
Mercy also really needs a friend right now. And so these two start this anonymous correspondence writing to a friend. And meanwhile, they're constantly butting heads in reality. Um, and as they grow closer as uh, correspondents, they think, well, maybe this could be something more. And so things really get interesting when um, they meet for the first time. And meanwhile, the yeah. undead problem is getting worse and worse. And so that's that's the, the kind of setup of the story in a nutshell. I mean, obviously, I want to ask you, you know, so much about it, but I don't want to give anything away. Um, but one of the things I thought of while I was reading it is like how much this book, it's like, it reminded me of You've Got Mail, but I liked it better. <laughs> Thank you. So much better. Because, because yeah. nobody's shutting down the nice independent bookstore, maybe? Nobody, <laughs> no. But at the same time, you know, you do, so, there was a lot, it was a lot richer. I'm not, rom-coms for me, I can, I can sort of take them or leave them depending on the premise. Um, and I love. I, I love this magical rom-com, paranormal romance, um, but this was just so unique. I mean, the it, it had a very like light possession, necromancy, you know, death plot, which I thought was very cool. Um, I just really loved Mercy and Heart. They were just so much fun to read and you could really feel their loneliness, um, especially Mercy, who is like very much trying to take care of her family and deal with her family legacy, which is this undertaking business, which is actually Mercy's business was kind of like a small independent bookstore because there's another undertaking company that's trying to uh, co-opt them. So in a way, yes, yes, somebody was. It just was not an independent bookstore. Yeah, the bad guy is the one trying to shut down the small business. Hello, that's what villains do. Not romantic leads. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes, In that's true. There you go. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, um, that was fun. Um, Mercy is just so, like, she's so loving to her family and her brother, who's supposed to be taking the place, you know, in undertaking. Um, just the way that you kind of described the job was very cathartic, if that makes sense. No, I, I, that's exactly what I was going for with that. I think, um, I mean, it, the book is a rom-com and it is light and fluffy, but it's, it's very, it's, it's also very about death. Fluffy. Yes, it's fluffy. Light and fluffy. <laughs> it's very light and it's fluffy, but it is, yes. Um, and, and that was something I really, when I set out to write the book was kind of at the heart of the book, this, and this was, um, oh, like late 2019, early 2020, I remember coming across an article or two maybe talking about how we deal with death in American society. And one of them, and I, I, I have not been able to find it. I could swear it was like an op-ed in the New York Times, but it was a doctor talking about how when a patient has exhausted care and they have a terminal illness, like she's the one they would always send in to basically tell this person, this is it, you are dying, you know, the and and you know what how how do you want to proceed from here and i think they even called her the angel of death at this hospital you know and but she just wrote this beautiful article about how how we don't face death and how death is kind of this transactional thing that happens somewhere else you know we don't look at it we don't it, it it's almost like not real for us and and i don't know it just really 
struck me. It was very touching and I, I, it, it hit home. So I think there is that, that vein hanging out in this book of, of facing mortality and how that really leads to you figuring out what it means to really live your life. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it, it was really, it was just, it, it was really nice. And it was just very funny to watch um, them su sort of like stumble around each other and try to figure out who, who the other one was. Uh, um, Hart was interesting though, because so Hart doesn't really have a family. He had a mentor, but he's also a demigod. How, how does um, religion and deity play into the story? Yeah, I religion is something that always seems to creep into what I'm writing, whether I meant to or not. I think the way it got into this book <laughs> was in a really backdoor kind of way. And I love telling this story because uh, it involves my agent, Holly Root, who is the best literary agent in the universe. I don't care if anyone thinks their agent is better because they are wrong. <laughs> and I love Holly and I love kind of... Um, throwing ideas around with Holly. And so I I first started talking about this book with her in like January, 2020. And it was more a conversation of, oh, I don't know what to write next. Maybe this thing, maybe that thing. I don't know. Nothing's calling to me. And she said, Megan, look, you can write whatever you want right now. You're not on contract. So go nuts, get weird. And when you have five chapters, send them my way and we'll see if it has life. I'm like, okay. So when I had five chapters, probably around March, I sent them her way and she loved the book, but all the fantasy elements of the book were kind of more in hearts, heart section. Like the rest of the world was kind of just our world. And she thought that the whole thing needed to be more fantastical. And so she was talking specifically about funeral rites because the funeral industry and the original draft or the original first five chapters was very much the way it works here in our world and holly said megan have you ever watched the mandalorian and i said yes <laughs> she said you know baby yoda's so baby stroller and i like and immediately you know i knew what she's talking about that little like floating pod that carries baby yoda and i'm like well yeah she goes you know how it's not a baby stroller but we understand that that's that world's version of a baby stroller I'm like yeah and she says you need the baby yoda's baby stroller the funeral industry in this book okay so <laughs> like a week later i did all this research into um specifically kind of there's already a little bit of greek mythology kind of influence hanging out in the book and i looked a little more into um kind of more nordic mythology as well i was looking at death rituals from around the world but i wanted to make sure whatever i was kind of being inspired from was something that someone from my background could you know tastefully incorporate Fair enough yes i, um, I know exactly what you're talking i, I, I don't yeah. want to appropriate someone else's funeral rights that's kind yeah. of gross so um so anyway i started kind of like looking around particularly at um ancient greece and kind of more the nordic cultures and Kind of came up with this idea and there's only by the way there's only so many ways to get rid of a dead body i mean really it's it, it i've done some fascinating research but there's so wait wait a second wait a second like <laughs> what kind of um how how often did the police come to your door while you... I, know, I know let me tell you my like 
search history must be on like five different FBI watch lists. <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly searching very interesting things. But I, you know, I it is interesting about like we have to we have to deal with human remains, but there's actually limited ways to deal with human remains. You know, like you can bury them, you can burn them, you can do like a sea burial, you could do sky burial, which is very interesting. There's also kind of more of like a coral, oh, sky burial. That's when um, there are many cultures where the body is set up high somewhere and vultures actually um, consume the body. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then like you kind of, you know, it's really beautiful. You're kind of taken taken to the sky, you know, and it's actually extremely efficient. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm looking at all these different things and I, and I kind of, because I was looking a little bit at more the the Nordic way of doing things. And I already, I you know, and then it, it kind of created this world of islands, right? We have a series of islands and it's, there's water culture involved. I'm like, well, then maybe like uh, they are buried in boats, you know? Like Loved it. Loved it. I'm like, yeah. And there's this whole mythology of sailing the salt sea. And it's so like in a week, I kind of coughed up this whole, religious system I had a really good time with it and I revised the book and passed it on to Holly and she's like how how did you take baby Yoda's baby stroller and make this <laughs> but it was it was once I kind of figured it's really interesting once I kind of figured out what the funeral rites look like the whole kind of mythology and religion of the world fell into place and it became a really important part of the book yeah, no, it was it was beautiful. And um, there was just so much about it. And I, I don't, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to give too much away. It's a journey that the reader really does need to go on. Um, and it is breathtaking. There are just so many great characters in this book. But one thing that I thought was really interesting, and I sort of had to look into it is this idea that your soul rests in your appendix. Yeah, that um, this is this is another one of those Megan's mind works in mysterious ways kind of thing because the reason that came about was um, I had always envisioned Hart as this tall guy with a rapier. I don't know why he had a rapier, but he's always had a rapier, and so it's like, well, why does he have a rapier? And like this Western feeling fantasy world, like that's not a very Westernish kind of implement of death and so what, what's the rapier for I'm like well you know rapier's like really precise it's kind of a thrusting sort of sword and um I'm like well why would you need why would you need something like that and I thought well maybe if if we're having an undead problem and we're having to deal with like souls maybe you have to like be very precise in what you're hitting and maybe Maybe the soul lives in the appendix. Maybe that's the purpose of the human appendix. Mystery solved. And so that was the way that part of the mythology came about. Fabulous. So <laughs> I guess my my last thing I just wanted to know is, would you write another book in this world? Um, I hope so. I would love to write another book in this world. So, um, you know, stay tuned and we'll see what the publishing gods have in store. I guess, like, I also want to know, so you like The Mandalorian. What other, um, what, what's the rest of, like, what other stuff are you um, influenced by or just love? What other stuff do I, okay, oh my gosh. This is where I just blank and freak out. I know, because this is like, this is like, <laughs> what, 
patron asks the librarian, do, do you do you have a recommendation for a book? And you're just like, yeah, is blank. Yes, I have to like walk people over to the shelves and look at what's there. And then I'm like, oh, this, this, and this. Um, so like, I, I, there are things, I'm sure there are things that have influenced me, but I think I tend to think of the things I love and the things that have influenced me separate. I think I don't even know what influences me, um, especially for this book. I don't, I don't know. Obviously there's elements of like shop around the corner. Um, um, you've got mail hanging out in there just because it is, um, you know, the, the friend, the, the, what do you call it? Um, ah, enemies to lovers, pen pal trope, right? So that's been around for a bit. Um, and there is even like a scene in the undertaking of heart and mercy. That's like the little fun homage to shop around the corner and you've got mail. Um, but it's, the rest of that book was really just me having a rollicking good time in quarantine. So, <laughs> as far as like what I love yeah. and what I'm really enjoying right now, um, I recently watched Mr. Sunshine on Netflix. And I need to absolutely, watch that. oh my God, everything about that show was my jam. That was like the most Megan show I've ever watched, ever. So, I love that. Um, other shows, and I, that I think, have influenced me would definitely be the Nirvana and Fire series. Like there's some, this is there uh, available on Vicky, so you can watch that for free on Vicky as long as you're willing to watch the commercials. But it's there. It's a wonderful Chinese television drama, and I just yeah, I took notes watching this thing just because it's executed so well. Um, and so someday I think there, I, I I learned, and I think I would love to kind of incorporate some of the things that I learned from that series into a book. As far as books I've really been enjoying lately, I love Freya Marsk's writing so much. A Marvelous Light and A Restless Truth comes out in less than a week, I think. And those books are fantastic. That's a true um, romance fantasy mashup done absolutely beautifully. And Freya's writing is just so good and the magic system and she just writes characters I'd take a bullet for. So I, I love that series. And um, Alexis Hall has single-handedly gotten me through 2020, which has been a challenging year. Oh, it's <laughs> 20 o'clock in the morning. still happening somehow. Like, 20, I know. It's, it's like, it's like Russian doll. Like, you, you yes. every year, you're like, okay, here we go. Gotta get up. Gotta, oh, we're back where we started. Yeah, I know. It's still terrible. So, I mean, I've been up at, like, I can't count how many times I've been up at three in the morning, and I can't sleep, and I've been reading an Alexis Hall book and laughing. Oh, my God. He is just magnificent. Um, so those are some of the things I've really been enjoying lately. Oh, and also, uh, I've got to put in a plug for the book Belittled Women, which is a young adult novel by Amanda Soleil coming out next month. And it is, I really think Amanda's a genius. I think she is a literal genius, and she's definitely a comic genius. It is about a family in a small town in Kansas uh, and there's three girls and their mom is obsessed with little women to the point where she has turned their home into a little women tourist attraction called Little Women Live. And the girls who are named Meg, Joe, and Amy Beth, because she was afraid she wouldn't have four, like another daughter. So she got Amy Beth in and the last one. And uh, Amy Beth goes more for Amy than Beth. So they have to audition a new Beth every year. Oh my God. Anyway, they all have to play their roles in this horrible little 
little women uh, tourist attraction. It is just wonderful. Wow. So thank you so much. Please come back. I <laughs> loved talking to you. Super fun. Librarian high five again. This is, I, I always love talking to librarians. <laughs> All right. So once again, this was Jessica with Syosset Libraries, Turn the Page podcast. Um, check out Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. Get at your bookstore, your library, anywhere. It is gorgeous. Um, and, uh, oh, it had like a special edition, didn't it? With like illustrations. Yeah, that was the fairy loot edition. So, oh, so that was pretty. part of their adult subscription. It's so pretty. Yes. <laughs> so, so thank you again. Um, and uh, we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.